Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. On Friday, our Lord had arrived in Bethany to the sound of mourning and weeping for his dear friend, of his dear friends, Mary and Martha, and the people from the surrounding towns and villages who were mourning the death of Lazarus. He, too, mourned for his friend, weeping over his death because of his great love for him. But that mourning was to turn into joy as he then demonstrated his divinity and his messiahship by calling forth Lazarus from the tomb, foreshadowing his own resurrection from the dead after three days. After a Sabbath rest in Bethany, it is now Sunday. Many people have heard of what Jesus had done so close to Jerusalem and so close to the pilgrim festival of Passover that even the pilgrims on their way from other places were waiting to see what he would do. As he started out towards Jerusalem, the people followed. At the mountain called Olivet, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village opposite you, and when you enter, you shall find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if someone asks you, why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. So those who went their way found it just as he had said to them. But as they were loosing the colt, one of its owners said to them, why are you loosing the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus. Thus the great triumphal procession of our king began. As we ourselves are nearing the coronation of our king of our country, Charles, in May, we will witness a great procession to the cathedral with all the pomp worthy of a king, including fine horses bred here in Canada and gifted to the king on our behalf. A horse is a stately and kingly animal. It's an animal of war, of wealth, and especially during this time. A horse would not be wasted on helping with labor. There were other animals for that. Animals like the donkey, which our Lord tells his disciples to go and get for him. Such a strange animal for the king of glory to use as he moves in procession towards his coronation in the holy city. Donkeys were humble animals, not because of their nature, but because of what they're used for. They're beasts of burden, meant for carrying heavy loads. They're used in all sorts of labor, from the farming of grain and olives to mining. This is why our Lord chooses a donkey. It is a humble animal and an animal of peace. Donkeys are not needed in war, but in peace they're needed by the dozen. All the tasks used by donkeys are the tasks of peacetime. As this particular donkey, the colt which on no one has ever sat, it is a fitting mount for our Lord. By God's providence, this colt is consecrated to him, by him, so that it may bear the Son of God to Jerusalem as he prepares to die. None have sat upon it except the Lord, and none shall again, as is fitting. 
Who would use such an animal for common work after the Lord has ridden on it into Jerusalem to die? Thus was fulfilled what the prophet Zechariah said, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, on the colt, the foal of a donkey. But before he can mount the donkey, his disciples prepare it. They cannot have their Lord riding to Jerusalem in glory with the crowd on bareback. So they threw their own clothes on the colt, their outer garments, and they set Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Our Lord, knowing fully what awaits him, accepts this humble act of service from his disciples. Inspired by what they see, many in the crowd likewise remove their outer garments and spread them out on the road so that he may have a carpet all the way to Jerusalem. When it says, many spread their clothes on the road, it's probably better captured in English as many kept spreading their clothes on the road. They lay down the carpet for him, and as he passes, they run, grab their garment, and go back ahead to place it on the road again, the entire way so that he may not touch the ground. This, too, our Lord accepts as their worship and service, even if they do not fully understand what is happening. He will not prevent their worship. As he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that he had done, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. As they reached the descent towards the holy city, they can now see it. The golden accents of the whitewashed temple would have been a sight to behold. And the whole multitude of pilgrims on their way to the festival erupts in praise to God. They praise him for his mighty acts that Jesus has done. Some praise God because they saw Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. Others praise him for acts they would have seen in Judea, and yet more would have been from Galilee, and they too would have praised the Lord for the mighty deeds that Jesus had done in their midst. And so they go. And as they go, one declares what he has done, and another adds to the litany of praise. In the midst of this, the inspired refrain arises, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. In this, the crowd proclaims Jesus, the Messiah King, as the long-promised one, the coming one, as the Son of David come to reign, as he who brings salvation. They blessed the Lord, saying, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Yes, Jesus is king. He is the king of glory, even the Lord God. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory, writes the psalmist. Yes, this is fulfilled in Jesus as he enters Jerusalem, riding upon a donkey. He comes in the name of the Lord, that is, in and with the authority of the Lord God. He comes in a kingly procession towards his coronation with the Lord's divine authority as the King and Savior, and he will use that authority to bring about the salvation of the world. 
This too, the crowds praise him for, even though they don't understand what they are saying. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. They echo the song of the angels that sang his birth as he rides towards his death. They proclaim peace as he processes. Peace, but not only peace, but peace in heaven. Do you know, O son of Jacob, what this peace will cost? Do you know, O daughter of Zion, the price of peace that must take place? Alas, they do not. But the Lord Jesus is pleased with their praise by their angelic song, and he accepts it. Knowing that all this must take place, knowing that he must first be praised and lauded and honored before he is rejected, knowing that this all must take place to fulfill the scriptures, to bring peace between God and man once for all. Yes, he comes to bring peace. And how is demonstrated in his coronation? In St. John's Gospel, this is called his glorification. For God shows his glory in humility and his strength in weakness. Who is this king of glory? Asks the psalmist, the Lord, strong and mighty. And how does the Lord show his strength and his might as he wins salvation? How does he show this while he makes peace between God and man? By his innocent suffering and death for us, for us, that we might have peace with God. This is our Lord's coronation after his procession into the holy city. So that we may have peace with God, he, the sinless and perfect, bore the heavy burden of the world's sin, taking it upon himself so that we might receive his righteousness, bearing the sin of the world so that we might have peace with God, so there might truly be peace in heaven as he atones for our sin, making satisfaction for it by the shedding of his blood and appeasing God's righteous wrath over our sin. He bears the burden of our sin and is crowned with thorns by soldiers who likewise give him a purple robe and put a reed in his hand for a staff, the sign of authority. This they do in mockery, but our Lord Jesus uses it to make a confession of what he is doing. For they crown him with thorns, whom is going to the cross in order to take away sin and remove its curse, which include the very thorns piercing his brow. They put a reed in his hand, in the hand of he who comes in the name of the Lord and is gracious and merciful to sinners who come to him in repentance and faith, no matter how weak, for a bruised reed he will not break. And he is crucified and thrown upon the tree. Those passing by erupt with mockery, saying, He saved others, but he cannot save himself, even as he is shedding his precious blood so that he might save those very ones mocking him. If he is the king of Israel, let him come down from the cross, and we will believe him. They say, as reigning from the cross, he is lifted up that he might draw all people to himself, paying the price for our sin so that believing in him we might be set free. He trusted in God, let him deliver him. Now if he will have him, for he said, I am the Son of God. Truly he is the Son of God. He has taken on our flesh so that he might die, so that he might die even for you, mocking scribe, yea, even for me and even for you, brothers and sisters. Pilate proclaims him king and fastens this proclamation above his head. This is Jesus, 
the king of the Jews. Yes, but not only king of the Jews, king of all creation. For while in him salvation comes from the Jews, it is for all people. For with God's own authority and in his name and in our stead, he makes peace with God by the shedding of his blood, by his innocent suffering and death. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest for what has taken place. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest for his innocent death for our sakes, that we might be saved. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest for his resurrection on the third day, showing that he is the king of glory, the Lord mighty in battle, that he has defeated sin, death, and the devil by his death. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest for the forgiveness which he has won for us and which he so abundantly bestows upon all who trust in him. For it was by his grace that he went to the cross, and it is by his grace that he delivers us the peace that he has won. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest for the promise that just as he is risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity, so too he will raise up all who believe in him, that we too might live forever with him in his kingdom, which will have no end. And when he returns on the last day in glory and might, with a celebration which will make the first Palm Sunday seem insignificant by comparison. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Peace to you, brothers and sisters, in Jesus' name. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.